This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Speak Legal, conversations with Community Law Otago, made with the support of Law Faculty, University of Otago. Jack Westwood joins us this morning to talk about the whole question of prosecutions and what are the guidelines around when uh, police make those decisions and let's talk a little bit about that process. Jack Moreno, lovely to have you with us again. Thanks for coming in. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been an interesting uh, few days, hasn't it, watching what's been glowing, going on on a, a big global operation. Yeah, it was quite an expansive uh, operation with um, many alleged offenders um, and members of organised crime being charged with various offences. Um, so I'm sure you listeners are probably aware, uh, the alleged offenders were tricked into using a fake encrypted app uh, which had been created by the FBI and they're alleged to have sent messages detailing um, criminal offending from drug dealing to murder plots and even a terror event are alleged to have been discussed and organised via the app. Uh, New Zealand police were part of that operation and they're working with their international counterparts uh, conducting their extensive investigation, Operation Van, into organised crime in Aotearoa and they've charged over 30 people with more than 900 offences. Yeah, I imagine there'll be more to come too, both here and uh, internationally. So how does the police prosecution service determine um, whether to charge alleged offenders? Uh, So prosecutors, when determining whether to prosecute, use two tests to make that decision. Uh, The first test is evidential, so the prosecutor must consider the evidence and conclude whether there is a reasonable prospect of convicting the alleged offender. I'd say from this case there's probably quite a lot of evidence. And then secondly, they must determine whether prosecuting would be in the public interest. Mm, That's probably a secondary consideration that most of us don't necessarily take into account. How do prosecutors decide whether there's sufficient evidence um, to convict? Uh, so this is where uh, duties owed to the defendants uh, by prosecutors come into play. Um, and paramount to that is the duty of fundamental fairness, which requires prosecutors to decide whether there is sufficient evidence to support a reasonable prospect of conviction. There doesn't have to be 100% certainty there. Uh, but they must determine that there is sufficient evidence to Uh, secure a reasonable prospect of a conviction Um, and that just involves determining whether they can prove the defendant's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt on the evidence Uh, if there is insufficient evidence the prosecution should not continue Right, so let's look at that other consideration, how do police determine whether prosecuting an accused is in the public interest? Uh, So once they are satisfied that um, there isn't sufficient evidence to charge, there is a general presumption that it will be in the public interest to prosecute. Uh, Serious crimes like homicide, it's generally always going to be in the public interest to prosecute. Um, However, the presumption um, that it is in the public interest can be displaced. Uh, The solicitor Uh, General has provided guidelines to prosecutors which outline factors for them to consider when determining whether it is in the public interest to prosecute. Uh, These considerations include proportionality, protection of the community, fairness to the defendant, consideration for the victims, the availability of alternatives and efficient use of resources. Um, There are many other factors as well in the guidelines that they can consider. Tell us a little bit more about proportionality. Uh, So proportionality requires the prosecutor to determine whether the likely outcome of the trial um, is proportionate to the alleged offence. So prosecuting may be disproportionate where the court is likely to impose a small or nominal penalty uh, and or where the loss suffered or harm caused can be described as minor 
an, off an offence can be considered minor if the loss or harm resulted from a single incident, particularly if the alleged offender committed the offence through an error of judgment or made a genuine mistake. Interesting. There's so many uh, subjective uh, elements that kind of come into it. Let's talk more about um, protecting the community. So how do prosecutors determine whether prosecuting a case will protect the community? Uh, so again, there's many factors to consider to this. Um, similar to proportionality, prosecutors should consider whether the offence on any test, it, test is less serious in nature and unlikely to be repeated. Um, if the offence is likely to cause serious harm to the community, such as the current cases before the courts, protecting the community from harm would make prosecuting the offence in the public interest. Again, in complex cases, they should also consider more indirect risks associated with prosecuting the offence. Should information be made public, could the release of such information disproportionately harm sources of information? And could um, information disclosed during the prosecution harm New Zealand security or international relations? So, for example, when considering the cases as part of Operation Van, the prosecutors are working with other agencies probably had to reach consensus before moving and laying charges. And when determining to make those arrests, the prosecutors and police are likely to have considered the risks to the community caused by the alleged offending um, against the harm caused by prematurely releasing the information on our international relations and national security. So if they'd moved too early before their partners were ready, it probably would have really damaged our reputation and potentially our future participation in joint efforts. Is the prosecution required to consider the defendant's characteristics? Uh, yeah, they are. So according to the Solicitor General's guidelines, prosecutors should consider factors relevant to the defendant, and that can include things like age. So if the defendant is very young or very old, it may not be in the public interest to prosecute. Uh, similarly, if they have no previous convictions, that could count against prosecuting an offence. Uh, probably quite crucially, significant mental health problems uh, should also be considered very carefully. Uh, mental impairment can significantly reduce culpability. So for someone listening out there, they, they, they hear all these, these options, Jack, um, that might result in police deciding not to proceed with a prosecution, but does it end there? Are there other uh, means are open to the police to, um, to act in some way against uh, an alleged offender? Yeah, there are definitely alternatives to prosecuting the offence. Um, two of the most common would be pre-charge warnings and diversion. Uh, so pre-charge pre warming is just a formal warning given after the person has been arrested for a minor offence. So it does have to be minor. The person has to be 17 or older and have committed an offence with a maximum penalty of less than six months. Um, diversion is um, provided by the Police Prosecution Service uh, when they review cases um, the prosecutor might consider diversion as an appropriate outcome. Diversion means people can avoid the court process. And again, it's typically used for that low-level offending and allows people to avoid a conviction. It requires the offendant to agree to fulfil certain conditions in exchange for the charges being withdrawn. And one, the charges are only withdrawn once those conditions have been met. Really interesting, Jack, isn't it? There's just so many potential elements and ingredients that go into the recipe before a decision is even made to prosecute and uh, a lot of um, issues that have to be weighed up uh, and balanced, including the public interest, including the uh, defendant's circumstances. 
So uh, that's great food for us to ponder as we um, as we look ahead. Obviously, the big uh, cases that are gaining lots of public attention at the moment are these big international ones, but this is something that happens on an everyday basis with every situation that police come up against with offences or potential offences. They've got to make an assessment of some sort and say, does this tick the boxes, and is it worthwhile considering all these things to, to proceed with the prosecution? Most interesting. Jack, thanks for bringing that to us here on Speak Legal. Uh, I'm sure if you're facing a prosecution and you're not quite sure which way to turn, uh, Community Law Otago can uh, give you a good steer. Here's how you get in touch with them. Community Law Otago, free legal advice and support for the people of Otago. Visit our weekday advice clinics at 169 Princess Street, Dunedin. Clinic session times are available from the website communitylawotago.com. Ring 474-1922 or 0800-169-333 if calling from outside Dunedin. Speak Legal is made with support from the Law Faculty, University of Otago, training for life. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.